0: Rose! Condoms!
1: Condoms! Condoms! Hey guys! Welcome to the mini episode of Out on the Lanai, where we take your questions from the either Discuss or Discus page. There's been hot debate on that. Um, And we answer your questions. Hi Carrie!
0: Hi! H. Allen Scott.
1: You're calling me from your home, and I'm calling you from my home. And it feels like we're worlds apart.
0: Yes, if you guys didn't know, H. Allen and I do these mini-episodes.
1: We don't live together.
0: I know, we don't live together. Uh, I feel like a lot of people might think that. That would be um, weird. Yes, yeah. there's been much debate on whether we're pronouncing discus incorrectly. One of our uh, fans uh, pointed out that it is pronounced "discuss," which would make sense, except you argued that I don't.
1: So Doesn't I don't think it does. I don't think it makes sense, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh if, you, if this is the first mini episode that you guys are tuning into, um, basically, uh, every Tuesday when H. Allen and I post a regular podcast episode where we watch an episode with a guest, we also post a link uh, to a uh, a Discus page, a Discuss page, uh, where you guys weigh in with your questions about the episode, your comments about the episode. So many great responses this general. week.
1: So many great and responses. Then,
0: we read them and uh and have a conversation about them in these mini episodes um so this past tuesday we posted the episode from season two twas the nightmare before christmas that's a horrible Uh, title
1: it's like i feel like they just gave up on thinking of titles and they were just like just call it just something christmas
0: i i I don't know i think it's I think it's clever I, I, I get that it's a very easy it's very easy it's you know the girls are facing a nightmarish Christmas I mean nightmarish being subjective there are people that have far worse Christmases than they do Um, and we had a lovely you think guest. this is where
1: they got that Disney film that Tim Burton Disney film idea from I do not you know the nightmare before Christmas
0: oh yes I'm very aware uh, I just do not think that that's where they got it from
1: I think it's a blatant rip off
0: maybe uh, but it was a it was a crazy episode, and um, where all the girls have a shitty Christmas, and a big point of discussion that you you sort of launched that we got a lot of comments about in that episode is in the final shot of the final scene of the episode. The four women are looking out the long, the oblong window of a diner as it snows, and. There are moments where B. Arthur's leaning forward and kind of blocking us from seeing Betty White for a moment. And then she kind of leans back and then she leans forward again. And the question was, was B. Arthur doing that on purpose to be mean to Betty White, or was she just making an actor choice to sort of move her body in and out as if she were
1: None of them were actors. <laughs> they all were Wait, what? They all were personalities. <laughs> No, and I also, I also question... Don't
0: you dare say that they're not
1: actors. I mean, they're actors, but, like, they're actors of the day of where your personality becomes a part of your acting. The only one that probably is an exception, sure. the only one that's an exception, maybe, is Betty White. Um, but
0: Estelle Getty. Nah,
1: Estelle Getty. Well,
0: mm.
1: sort of, I suppose, but she always had that sort of, like... Jewish mother stick that she was doing. Even though she's not Jewish on the show, she has the Jewish mother Stick that she does. She did it with 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 uh, that Harvey Fierstein play. Now I'm blanking on the name. Oh, oh fuck. Hey, I'm sorry. Um, it's such a good. It's such a good play too, guys. Go check it out. Harvey Fierstein, 1988 movie. Matthew Broderick's in it too. Just Google it. Um, and
0: oh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No,
1: not oh, that. Game. No, not that either.
0: Oh, oh no no no! I do know what you're talking about. It's uh, Deck the Halls. with Danny DeVito.
1: No, it's the one where Matthew Broderick has sex with Mayor harvey firestein yes true story oh. um <laughs> it's, it's a good movie um, anyway she played she was the original mother that's how she got discovered in in golden girls was from that play oh okay I, okay i'm gonna google it while you answer a question but i'll no, but i, I will you, answer I'll, yes i'll answer um del's response del t had a fantastic response um well it was an okay response uh, but he was saying how it was an actor's choice that 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 B. Arthur, the queen of not acting, was, uh, was, was had made an actor's choice and that she didn't move her head the whole time, seven seconds. It would have been weird, which I disagree with because none of them actually moved their head until B. Arthur had to move her head to block Betty White. Um, but that's beside the point. So she that's what Dell Del contests that it was an actor's choice. And he also said on a separate note, that um, he thinks I'm more like Blanche and Carrie is more like a mix between Dorothy and Sophia, more leaning towards the Dorothy side um, with lots of smiley faces. And I, I appreciate that reading. And, and I appreciate also you thinking that I have as active of a sex life as Blanche had. Um, but you're very much mistaken. Uh, <laughs> I, I do not. I'm more like Rose, I think, in my life. I, as I get older, I understand that I am more Rose. I'm, I'm naive. I believe people. I'm very, I'm not gullible, but at the same time, I'm also just, I feel like I'm very forward and honest with everything that I say and do. And I feel like Rose was very much that as well, but with less cuss words.
0: You're also like oddly into herring. Not that you eat them because you're a vegetarian, but you're just like weirdly obsessed with herring. I think true. maybe that's that's my what I think.
1: That's actually how I'm like Blanche, because it's the sexual thing.
0: <laughs> 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 oh dear God. Um, so, so Del, I you know, you say you're a mix of Dorothy and Sophia. I I I think I agree. I think I agree. I do think I'm yes. I think I am somewhat like I think I might more be more like Sophia. I'm because I love spaghetti. Do I you? Love spaghetti and meatballs. Yes. Interesting. It's such a comfort food for me. Any kind of pasta. Um, I'm
1: surprised we haven't also, gone to the Italian place by my house.
0: I tell a lot of colorful stories. We'll go. We'll go we'll go. go. All right, so our next uh, comment about the issue... Oh, before
1: you, before you address his issue, well, we, we do have to say that Philip Campbell is a big fan of the show and also is a great photographer that you guys should all check out on Instagram and Tumblr and whatnot because he does great work.
0: Cool, cool. Yes. Um, he
1: and his boyfriend, Brandon. He, okay, done.
0: <laughs> he says, uh, so Philip says, I just rewatched the last shot from the episode to examine the head blocking. I'd say I think it was just be acting. Then again, I watched it for the fifth time and Oh, it a different feel. Betty makes a kind of odd, restrained half attempt to rest her head on B's shoulder. Thank you. Which B doesn't show any kind of reaction to. Instead, she leans forward, blocking her. Also, uh, they all look like they're just waiting for cut to be called. Not really sure how long to hold that shot.
1: And um, I didn't say those great things about Philip before knowing that he said all that. So I'm just saying that was not, I did not do that. <laughs>
0: sure. um, it's. I love this sort of like obsessive like. But then I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. I re- Philip, I appreciate that you were just like you could have just watched it once and been like, okay, I'm gonna weigh in. Nope. But like you went back and watched it five times, like it was the flower shop scene from The Room, and you were just like, I'm gonna break this shit down because it is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um. Somebody else also mentioned, I believe. Sarah Clark, maybe, who I think we have another, we have a comment from her, but I think she also mentioned, like, it just looked like the ladies were waiting for somebody to go yell cut. They were just like, how long are we? I see that too. Okay, great.
1: I see that too, yeah.
0: Um, Also, Philip, you mentioned, uh, you know, for the cinematography nerds, uh, you said, I also love trying to dissect shots to guess how they did them. When you were discussing the jib shot, which is at the very end when we see, you know, the camera kind of pull away as it moves up from the ladies, He says, I I was actually wondering if it wasn't more simple with just the standard studio pedestal their cameras were already mounted on. That's a simple slow zoom out with a head up. So for you uh, cinematography nerds out there. uh, And we didn't think about that. And film and TV kids like me.
1: (laughs) Not me. (laughs) So not me. Um, history. Yay. History. <laughs> oh. So, yeah.
0: So, Philip, thank you for... Uh, well, but lo- but let's perfect. just
1: say, so, like, the jib, like we were talking about before the podcast, the jib, the reason why we didn't get this, at least what, surprising, is that jib is mainly for, like, single camera film use, basically. It's more, it's, uh, I mean, I guess they could use it in single cameras, but like you were saying, Carrie, those are really heavy cameras. So it was, it's more yeah. likely that it was a studio pedestal, which is awesome on Philip's end. For Knowing that, all right. Um, Heidi, Heidi Eckel, is that that's a great last name? Eckel, I think
0: she commented last time, and I think I commented that she had really nice hair.
1: Oh, yeah, she does have nice gorgeous hair. Gorgeous hair, it's kind beautiful of beautiful woman, beautiful woman, Heidi. Uh, everyone who listens to Adam and I is beautiful, but Heidi is showing us her face, and it mm-hmm. is beautiful with beautiful hair, but. Heidi talks about the men of Blanche's boudoir calendar. um, Which,
0: if you guys haven't already gone to our Facebook page or our Tumblr page, we did post the video, the blooper reel, uh, where you can jump to the practical joke that we talked about where uh, somebody replaced, somebody put photos of all the uh, crew members, scantily clad crew members in there. So you guys should, should... Back to check
1: that out. And Heidi, you were right. It is not one of my favorite episodes, but it is still a memorable episode. It's just not my favorite. Um, but she did some digging, some, like, you know, deep throat sort of levels of reporting of Watergate levels of digging. And she went to Rue McClanahan's autobiography My First Five Husbands and the Ones That Got Away. Um, and she, Uh, she, it's so so blanch and she quoted from it, um, the, the incident that Carrie was talking about, about the unveiling of the um, the actual calendar. And so we're going to read the quote. Um, our creative prop masters had put together a real calendar with eight by 10 photos of themselves and a few other young rabble rap. How
0: do you say that? Rap scallions? Galleon. What the
1: fuck is that? Um, who a worked? What's a rapscallion? Is that a dinosaur?
0: Like a, like a, like a, <laughs> no, a rapscallion. Like, oh, you little Weasley boy. It like sounds a, like a you know? dinosaur. It yeah.
1: sounds like something from Jurassic World. Um, well, okay. A few other young rapscallions who worked on the show, all scantily clad in sadomasochistic garb, all with the fixings. Whips, chains, you name it. They posed, flogging each other, riding each other as horses, anything they could dream up, which was plenty. By the time B and Betty got to March, they had completely fallen apart laughing. We had to stop rehearsal. And everyone crowded around, flipping through to December. It was priceless, and of course, I still have it.
0: Pratt, I now I wonder, I can't believe I haven't read her autobiography before, but... Um, I think I
1: need an applause for that reading. That was a great reading. Oh,
0: yes, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for
1: breaking into her accent. <laughs> thank you. Uh, midway through. Part, part of the way, midway yeah. through it.
0: Um, somebody also pointed out um, that Rue McClanahan sold one of these, one of these ca- uh, calendars was sold, I think, during her estate sale, I, I think? I think,
1: yeah, I saw, there was an image somewhere I saw recently. Someone yeah. sent it to me. Yeah.
0: Oh, if if you were listening to this podcast and you have the men of Blanche's boudoir practical joke crew member calendar, (laughs) please send us photos of it.
1: We'll come. We'll drive to you to see it.
0: We'll drive to you if you're within what I mean. How long? No, can we Carrie, each other don't
1: put market? lemons. Don't put lemons. We will drive to you. Leave it at that. Period.
0: I'm don't put lemons. Don't,
1: don't put, put lemons. Don't put lemons. Don't put lemons. You <laughs> put know, lemons. it's funny the way we dissect this. These episodes is how some other people like watch The Godfather, which is kind of funny to me. Um, okay, and then she also talks about how, uh, despite the rumors lurking of tension between B and the other cast members, um, B refused to go to lunch with without Betty every single day. Now. Now, she she quotes that, so that's from... That's from,
0: that's from Rue's that's
1: book. That's from Rue's book. But Rue also, I remember, and I could be wrong, but I remember some interviews saying how she was just a very private person and she wouldn't have lunch with us and she wouldn't, like... So I feel like... And Blanche famously, famously told the story of B. Arthur calling Betty White a cunt, pardon my French, um, d- during her after-show sort of live-show story, and she would always tell crowds, don't tell anyone now. This is between us. But of course she told it to every single crowd she spoke to. So I have a feeling Ru McClanahan was a bit of a tall tailor. She liked tell little fibs.
0: Well, which do you think was the fib? Do you think it was what she was saying to people during the live show?
1: You know, I do think that uh, B. Arthur was incredibly private, and I do think that she didn't hate anybody, but she also didn't she was so private did you know anything about her children no no
0: except for the fact that we maybe called one of them on an old episode
1: yeah but but the thing is she's so private that like she never talked about any of this stuff she never put any of this stuff out there she lived in the same house until she died from 75 until whatever so like she's not one of these people who you know got a lot of money and decided to live openly and sort of i mean like well like Betty White ghost any opening, basically. But B. Arthur didn't. B. Arthur was really, really super private. So I can see her being reserved in this. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. And I don't think, I don't think it changes how much we love them.
0: No, absolutely not. Yeah. I just wonder who, because you know you spend so many hours with your coworkers, and if you're not, but not if, you know, when you're, you're
1: kind of... not when you're that level of celebrity, because they don't have to spend like they can spend stage hours with each other, but they don't have to. Like they literally, yeah. you know, they, they were, yeah. they were at levels where they could demand time away.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 I get it. Yeah. I get it. It just seems to me that you, you know, you spend so much time working with people over so many years that you would just, they would sort of become like family and you would yeah. open up to them. And I don't know. just very interesting to me. It is really interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Moving on to, um. Bryce Lee Wynn. Um, Bryce Bryce Lee Nguyen left us a comment that says, Does anyone else find it amusing that on sitcoms, whenever travel is involved, there's always these tiny pieces of luggage? Are we supposed to believe that these girls squeezed four to five days' worth of clothing, toiletries, shoes, and accessories into those tiny bags? Bryce?
1: I know. Sure, I can.
0: This is a fantastic question.
1: I literally LOL'd.
0: I mean, my mother, uh, who is... uh, in her, I'll, I'll just say my mother's in her 50s. She's 60. She looks amazing, guys. She looks like she's 40. My mom, when she travels for, I mean, a weekend, will have a giant, one of the big suitcases that you cannot bring as a carry-on. It's like, for sure, you know, you have to check that bag. And then she'll have a smaller suitcase that will just barely fit as a carry-on. And she'll have a purse, like a big Mary Poppins purse mm-hmm. that has snacks and everything in it, and then the fix-ins, everything in it. So... I mean, these girls, their outfits have a lot of shoulder pads. It's not like, you know, they, they wear a lot of layers. They wear a lot of jewelry. Surely, I mean, Sophia has so many different types. Like, they have night creams. You know, Sophia has all the <laughs> meds. Yeah. Um, Sophia likes to pack uh, pasta sauce and clam sauce when she, when she travels. How do so, you, Bryce, I think.
1: How How do you travel?
0: Uh, I try. It depends on how long I'm going somewhere. If I, I always try not to check a bag. I hate waiting at baggage claim. When I get off a plane, I want to go straight to whatever mode of transportation See, I'm using to get the hell out of there.
1: I'm totally your mother. I check a bag on every flight. I have so many things. I, it's, I've, I've gotten to the place now where I've been able to take a carry-on size piece of luggage, but I check that. I still check a bag, but I just check my carry-on nice. piece of luggage, so I can bring another bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, I, I I bring I, I bring so much. I can't I can't pack light. It's it's a it's a problem. It's a problem. Although
0: here's what I will say: if I do pack light and then I get somewhere, and I sometimes I'll get anxiety over having not packed like a particular outfit if mm-hmm. I happen to be going somewhere. I, sometimes I just get I'll just get upset.
1: See, and I never have that. I, I never have that.
0: I don't like checking bags. I never um, have that. So Bryce, thank you for that comment. Yeah, um, great comment. And you guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, people, uh, another part of the discussion we had is whether or not it's uh, okay and cool to make homemade gifts for people over the holidays, if that's kind of a lame cop-out, or if it's actually sweet and sentimental, and, uh, and yeah, we've got some good weigh-ins. I'll
1: give that. you that it's sweet, but I don't think it's sentimental, because um, it's thrown away within like a week, six months, like literally to oh, be I'm like... Never, who I'm do?
0: never going to make you anything...
1: Well, especially if you make me something that's disposable. Um, Sarah well, Clark.
0: Disposable.
1: It is. You're right. See, that's my point. Yes. Uh, so buy something this nice. So then. That... <laughs> Deep. Um, so Sarah Clark had responded saying, question mark, making presents is bullshit, um, and that I'm not going to be getting a hand knitted Krasmere scarf. <laughs> it's okay. I itch, you know, stuff like that. I have very sensitive skin, and so I don't. Don't make me anything. Just send me like a like a a DVD, you know? That I would love that. If you sent me a Blu-ray DVD of like salt, Angelina Jolie's salt. I would love that. Or maybe a film I haven't seen, or maybe a film that you love. Like that's sentimental. I give books away. I go out and I buy books for people and then I write in the front cover and being like, this is my favorite book, or I love this book, or I think of you for this book because of this. I still bought that shit, but it's sentimental. There's no way I'm gonna like have a printing press in my room. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know I talk about friends a lot, but you just reminded me of this one scene where Ross gets really upset because uh, it's Christmas time, and Rachel always exchanges the Christmas gifts people give get for her, and um, he gets upset with her because he got her a pair, like a necklace, and she uh, she's like, well, I returned it. I exchanged it for something that I really wanted. And he's like, what? And she's like, credit. It's um, perfect. But then... <laughs> He says that she's not sentimental, and she comes out, and she was like, this is an eggshell from the first time you made me breakfast. Mm -hmm. And she's going through, and this is a ticket sub for the first movie that we saw together on our first date. That stuff
1: I do keep. Yes, that I do have. I'm definitely, I had this thing, I'm about to get really sad here, but when I was younger, my mother and my father divorced, and I lived with my father. And whenever I had to go back and live with my dad after being with my mom for a short period of time that I ever got to see her, um, it was always really sad, you know, cause I wasn't going to be with my mom and my mother on the ride back to the house, to my dad's house had bought us this like tub thing of, um, like gummy jelly, uh, or something gummy jelly. I forget what it was. Um, like a lifesavers, gummy lifesavers. It was a tube thing anyway. And I, I kept it. Um, because I, I would just smell it and my, I would keep it in my, my, cause my dad could never see me having it cause my parents didn't get along, but I would smell the lifesaver packet and it would remind me of the ride back with my mom. And last time I saw my mom, Aww. I know. So I have a heart, <laughs> um, you have heart. but, uh, so Sarah says, that actually discussed the episode, talking about how they had repurposed, um, again, a form of crafting, repurposed the museum office set for the grief counseling office set. And well, I think you're right. I think. And yeah. also pretty sure that the airport set is the same one Rose's. Yeah, that's definitely true. Her blind sister, when she met her blind sister in Minnesota or something, right? Yeah. No,
0: Sarah, that's an amazing observation. You're absolutely right. As yeah. soon as you said, they redressed the museum office set, shot it at a different angle for the grief counseling. Yep. You're right. You're, that, so that's a very, I mean, you're a super fan there. That's very, very observant.
1: Super it's fan, incredible. super fan. And of course they
0: will. I mean, if they repurpose actors and give them different roles, why <laughs> wouldn't they be like, oh, this was a museum eight episodes ago. Now it's a grief counseling center. Nobody's going to know because we don't binge watch television.
1: Yeah. True. They didn't have that yeah. then. The only thing they binge nope. in the day was alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All, All right. right.
0: <laughs> Our next comment comes from Jennifer Branch, who says, What did Sophia and Dorothy give for their homemade gifts? I'd like to think Sophia would maybe give out jars of spaghetti sauce and Dorothy, some of her poems that only the tall girls who can not get saved, <laughs> wrote. Jennifer, you are also a super fan because these are both, you know, obviously really funny, uh, like, Gigi inside jokes. uh, Also, super super
1: cute kid in your picture, Jennifer. Oh,
0: yes. Super little kid. Very cute. Um, Yeah, that's, uh, I would would also be curious to know what Sophia and Dorothy gave as their homemade gifts. Um, (laughs) Sophia. Sophia
1: probably didn't. Sophia probably didn't give anybody shit because they don't include her in anything.
0: Well, maybe not. I also think that maybe... I could also see Sophia giving them each... uh, Like, in the movie Clue, where they all get the weapons, I could see Sophia giving one, like, a box that had, like, piano wire in it with, like, (laughs) instructions on how to kill someone with piano wire, you know? Uh, Just something like that, you know, because she would consider it, like, that advice would be way more valuable than, like, a dumb present you could have picked out. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy...
1: That's so I funny. Like, Piano wire is impressive.
0: Well, yeah. It's like the main export of her village. Remember? <laughs> She's like, I had an epiphany in the can. Um, what, would Dorothy, what would Dorothy give?
1: She'd give a or, book. Um, she'd give a book. No, she wouldn't. She has to make it. Um, she'd, she'd write a letter like she was doing to her father in that episode. Just writing letters. Just all these words.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if... Um, I could... Well because I, I, you know how Stan leaves his toupee in like the second episode? <laughs> it would have been funny if she'd made some sort of doll, like a rag doll or, or a stuffed animal, a gerbil or something out of Stan's toupee, if she repurposed that.
1: If you had to make me something as a gift, what would it be? Like you had to make it.
0: Oh, well, I'm really good at making sock monkeys. That's what I would make you. But I would be afraid that you'd throw it away. So I'm never going to make you one.
1: I mean, if you gave it to me and then said, my grandfather gave me this on his dying day and I would be like, "Thank you. I'll keep this because it's sentimental now."
0: <laughs> what if what if I said, "I made this sock monkey for you. It took me 6 hours, which is roughly how long it takes. Took me 6 hours. I did the entire time I made it, I was watching The Golden Girls and also there's a personalized note that's been stitched inside of this monkey that's meant just for you. Well wishes that you you'll never be able to read it's just just know that i've sent my love to you through this monkey no that's bullshit show. that's bullshit in, in, because that's why? because now
1: you are in you're in it's like you're enticing a a a, a mob basically because i uh, the pressure the anxiety of knowing that there's a fucking note inside that monkey is going to make me want to rip that shit up is going to make I'm just
0: saying you would Saw that monkey, like, <laughs> to see you if, cut right well, into it to get that key out to undo the thing from your neck. I meant saw from the movie, not saw it, like, saw it open. I'm sorry. I should have specified.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yes, I would, either way. And I would, just to see if there was a note in there, because my curiosity, I have just,
0: I have I'm a cat owner.
1: I have curiosity.
0: Okay. Okay. I mean, this doesn't make you your cat, but, um, I mean, I love dogs, but I don't, you know, eat string and then shit it out.
1: But you do smell people's butts. <laughs> <laughs> no let's move on um <laughs> that was actually well
0: that was our last comment that was about, our last uh, comment oh, this week so um thank you all for your comments if we did not read your comment uh, we still love we, we you we got a lot of comments this week and keep on submitting them and we did read them all and we appreciate all of your sentiments um, and, and i we try
1: to respond on on some say discuss, some say discuss, um, uh, but you know, life is busy, and we are very important. Not people, <laughs> we're very busy.
0: We well, don't make money on this podcast.
1: No um, we no we don't guys but if you if you think that we should make some money or you think that you would like to see this podcast on a bigger platform, maybe you could tweet at some places that you think it should be on and say, oh my god, I love this podcast I think we should be on this platform or that platform because you know what there's nothing there's nothing wrong with the little positive suggestions
0: Now what are what are some examples of podcast platforms?
1: Well like you know like um like wolf pop is that what it's airwolf wolf pop yeah wolf pop wolf pop, wolf pop is great I I think Earwolf, uh, Wolf pop is the division of Earwolf, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Everybody's perfect. Good. Maybe you guys can chime in on this um, on Twitter. You can tweet at Carrie and I. Uh, I'm H. Allen Scott, and she's Squid Eats Squids, right? Or Squid. Just Squid. squid. Oh, call your name. <laughs> and, and, I, uh, and, and and you can tweet us and tag Wolfpop Pop about possibly, if you think that this is a pop, a pop culture podcast, that should be on their pop culture podcast network. What do you think? Cool.
0: Uh, also guys um, just so you know the next episode uh, that we are going to be watching and doing a full episode of is going to be season two episode called the sisters so if you want to watch that ahead of time before the podcast comes out uh, from now on on these mini episodes we're going to announce what the next show is although we're just going in chronological order so if you're on the Wikipedia page you can easily figure out what episode we're doing next uh, and
1: so- I was oh, I was gonna I was gonna I was Piggybacking off of you. The live show. We yes, have the live show. I should stop yelling. I always yell too much. Um, we have a live show happening July 21st, 11 days after I turn 33, at 9 p.m. at the Nerd Melt showroom in the back of Meltdown Comics. And our special guest and special friend will be Elliot Glazer. Yes. It's very exciting, guys.
0: Huge Golden Girls fan. And, uh, guys, that's in uh, Los Angeles. So if you are yes. in the Los Angeles area please come out to the live show, support us, support the podcast, support each other. It's the last live show that we did was absolutely amazing. So much fun. We had a costume contest. We had cheesecake. We had clips from the episode. We had a sing along. It was bananas fun. So, uh, and unfortunately for now, all we can do are live shows in Los Angeles. So if you're in another city or town, maybe someday we'll be able to come out to you. But for now we are, uh,
1: if you know someone at a big company that thinks they want to sponsor a podcast, let us know. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, also, if you guys get a couple bucks lying around, I could... Read no, don't.
1: Nobody loans. nobody give us any money. All we're saying is the power of positive suggestions. You know, like... Sure, absolutely. Someone could, like, I always hear Squarespace... You know, is we both use Squarespace for our personal websites. So like Squarespace or Stamp.com, isn't that one that does so I'm just mm-hmm.
0: saying AdamandEve.com, Adam, Legal Zoom, Adam, the Nobos.
1: Christian Mingle. Uh, <laughs> farmers
0: only. You uh,
1: don't have to be lonely. lonely. at Farmers, farmers only. only. I have a joke in my act. This is we're ending the podcast, guys. Seriously, but I have a joke in my act. Where um, I, say, I say, you know, you, you, you come home from like a really sad day, you lay on the couch, you start petting your cat, you open up a beer, you're just sitting there me and you're thinking like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And then the first thing you hear when you turn on that TV is, you don't have to be lonely. <laughs> and then you consider, well, I have plants. Does that make me a farmer? Um, yeah. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening. Go to outonlanai.com for all kinds of fun and go to outonlanai.com slash discus or discuss, um, yeah. D-I-S-Q-U-S for all kinds of fun.
0: Yes, and uh, yeah, you can also check out our Facebook page out on uh, facebook.com slash goldengirlspodcast uh, where we post photos, videos, links, lots of crazy stuff. And uh, yeah, you can... If you guys like the podcast, give us a uh, you know, give us some love on iTunes, leave a review, rate us, all that good stuff. And uh, thanks again so much for your lovely comments and uh keep them coming and we will see you guys again on Tuesday for the next uh, full episode.
1: Yay, with with uh Price Peterson.
0: It's a dark one, you guys. It's, it's really dark. dark. It is dark. Got to just prepare yourselves. It's going to be dark. Real dark.
1: <laughs> okay, stay golden everyone.
0: Bye. I- we got time.